luckily I'm, I'm just pretty loud by way of... My voice is pretty hot by way of just talking. That's funny. I wouldn't naturally categorize you as a loud person. <laughs> Something about the microphone, I just... That was when we were recording down in Nassara, that was always the problem, was everyone else would be lower and I would be like, get really into it and talk loud. Well, just be yourself, go nuts. But yeah, um, by way of introduction, we can record as long as we want today, but I do want to go surfing. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I've had these conversations with multiple people now from um, surfers and shapers and others and coaches alike, but... You know, some of them have been um, usable, <laughs> which people out there have listened to. And the feedback's been uh, quite tremendous, both positive and negative, yet all constructive, which I appreciate. Um, but less of a deep dive into who you are and where you're from. And I'd love to go into your origin story at some point. Let's imagine that down the road. So consider me not being um unpolite not getting into the nitty but Don't take it. just as a this is a quick overview and i kind of want to lay a lay a runway of of the things we could start to discuss and which things are most pressing and some of it's come from what i've been working on from what we've talked about both in the shaping bay and the water over the last few months or even a year and then also what bubbles up along the way so We'll be as long as we want and feel free to go whichever way you want too. But Asha King, it's a privilege to be surfing with you and watching you surf, watching you expand on the ideas that you think are most important and also drawing the wealth of knowledge, which we hope to do now <laughs> and, and, and forward about how you see people's technique and relationship to surfing important so do give a little um, synopsis of how you see surfing and why you see it the way you do oh well, first off i'm holding back blushing right now <laughs> if you're listening you probably can't tell but that was a, a very kind introduction um yeah my name's asher king and without going too much into my origin story i spent a lot of the last decade as a surf coach but specifically focusing on uh, technique and technique-based coaching for the 99.9% of us surfers that aren't trying to qualify for the world tour. So focusing on everyone from day one to, you know, as, as high as you get. Uh, I've, I've been privileged to work with a couple other really talented coaches down in Costa Rica. And yeah, pretty much just a surf nerd of the highest order. <laughs> you surf incredibly accurately yourself and i use that word um with great deliberation i thought long and hard about how to describe your surfing precise was the first thing that came to mind and i think is although it's fitting i think um accurate is a better um synonym yeah it's funny my relationship from surfing has basically been characterized by i mean basically from the first time that my dad pushed me into a wave it was a singular focus in my brain. I was like as obsessed as a surf grom could be. Uh, could, I however, ask the, I was, could I ask the age you were then? Probably, I was fortunate. I was probably not the youngest, but I was probably eight or nine. Okay. When Carry I really on. got into it. But Sorry to cut you um, I certainly was not blessed with much athletic prowess. So uh, I definitely had to, and that's what drew me so much to surf coaching and surf technique is 
um, finding out how to you know make the most with 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 what you have. I wasn't the most coordinated. I wasn't the most talented in the water, but I, I loved it the most. So um, I dedicated as much energy as I could to you know deconstructing the the Rubik's cube. Mm-hmm. So when you look at surfing and people's relationship with it, and these are things we'll go into like like dive really deep into them. So don't feel like we have to cover every base now. I, I I look at the relationship with people or the relationship people have with surfing at the stage that they're introduced to it or just can't not but do it. you know that all they want yeah. to do is, is is pursue it. When you look at people's relationship with surfing and we'll get to yours again soon, but from beginner to intermediate to pro do you see a common thread in that or do you see an evolution or is everyone's path the same in what you've observed? Well, man, we could really deconstruct that question in a lot of ways, but, um, yeah, just to start off, uh, I I like how you talk about it as a relationship with surfing, because no matter whether it is your first wave ever or, you know, your John, John Florence, you know, it, it is your relationship with the activity and, uh, a lot of the intrinsic benefit is the same the whole way through progression. I mean, uh, when you distill it down, getting better at something is more fun. Like that actual path of progression, like the the better you get at surfing, the more you enjoy it, you know. Uh, and a huge part of that is just, you know, the variety of conditions that you enjoy. Like a, a, a surfer on their very first day can have a blast getting pushed in the whitewater and then you know, you, you get a little better and you start finding more opportunities out the back and um, all the way to, you know, the difference between the turning radius on your cutback or, or learning to generate speed off a, a different section. You know, it's, it's the better you are, the more opportunities for enjoyment that you find. So um, that's always the road that I've sort of tried to, to direct people and try to handle myself uh is, you know, there, there really is an, an intrinsic benefit to, to improving rather than just saying, okay, I'm better at this. Hmm. That's really interesting. So where then would you say, we, we, we sort of got a real quick view at how you started, where, this is twofold, where would you describe your surfing today? And where would you like it to be? Threefold, sorry. <laughs> and and what are you doing to get there? Well, where, where are you? Where are you going? And how are you going to get there? Man, we're just shooting for the big questions, and I love it. Um, my surfing right now, I don't know. I just, you know, I'll, it's definitely in a, a, a recreational surfing zone, right? I, I work a, a normal day job, and, and like most people, I try to find my time to surf before work or, or after work, and... Um, so right now I'd, I'd just say it's kind of, it's in that gray area. Um, I personally like to, to surf a lot of different boards. So I got a bit of uh, surfboard ADD uh, and I find a lot of an enjoyment from that. And where I want to take my surfing is the, the end goal is always, you know, the skip fry figure. I want to be enjoying this for the next 40 years. So, you know, that is, and it's a constant road to, Every board you try, every different wave you surf, you really can, you know, find a new path of enjoyment. So uh, now I, I, I probably put less emphasis on actually, you know, getting better at surfing. Well, actually, no, I don't, I don't, I'll take that back. It is fun getting better at surfing, but uh, yeah, overall, 
uh, I, I'm just looking for the the ways to keep that longevity. I'm glad you I'm glad you corrected yourself there because I know how many conversations <laughs> we've had about uh, like fine minutia and technique in approaching a sexual yeah. wave or take or um, maneuver. So that's beautiful, but let let me push you more, not because you were wrong, but because I feel like there's more to be learned from. Sure, you you're surfing after or before work. That's great. That I feel like maybe is your relationship with surfing, but mm-hmm. where you're surfing is at. Like if just to put a number in a head to help the discussion, let's say from zero to a hundred, where would you put yourself in? where your surfing's at and then where would the number be that you would like to get to Oof, well let's always shoot for 100 on that uh one to 100 scale that's always going to be the end goal but, okay so uh, 100's a goal where would you put yourself now let's say i've been surfing for yeah you know hopefully about a, a 60 out of 100 i've yeah. dedicated a lot of time to it and I, I think there's a whole lot more to to learn so yeah, hopefully I'm I'm slightly beyond the halfway point of, of, of where I hope to achieve. Well, that's really that's honest. And I, I I hate to put numbers on it, but it helps put a mental picture in what I know you wrestling for is when you're improving technique or I'll compliment you on a turn out the out the back and you're like, Yeah, it was it was good, but could have my arms were in the wrong place. So I felt this so to anyone on the beach they wouldn't know, but you feeling the sensations and knowing a room for improvement. Um so to push you on that point once more, I like the variety of boards you ride and the approach and trying to have fun on them forever. The longevity is valid. But when you seem to ride the right board for the right condition, firstly, or you choose to ride a difficult board for self-improvement or fascination, am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think you distilled that down. Uh, as eloquently as it, as it could have been put okay that's that's been what i've observed and i totally respect that and hope to feel i'd do the same thing maybe more pushing myself for both um development and research and whatever i'm working on but with within doing those two things what are you working on to get to that hundred percent yes right uh, now like from where you are what are you working on in your surfing because as we unfold this over the year and in the future i'd love to keep sitting down and kind of wrestling with like well uh, not to hold you accountable to what you said but to i'm imagining people listening and i've had so many conversations with people about it's very seldom about hey i'm working on this in my surfing i'm I'm often asking the questions and maybe that's just because i'm fascinated but uh for anyone listening who isn't thinking about what they are able to do and what they're trying to do competitions aside just as surfers um i I feel it's important to hear other people's i'm happy to share mine but coming from you where are you and how are you getting to the next level well i apologize in advance that i might be sort of uh figuring this one out as we go along because that's a that's a really good question i I don't think i necessarily (laughs) thought about it in those terms but um yeah i do love riding the correct board and take a lot of pride in in riding the right board for the conditions and i think that's something that you can really only learn from experience and that's something that i hope that we're all getting way better at and by riding using the right tool for the job uh it's it's a lot easier to isolate the variables and work on specific skills right like if the waves are small and clean 
it's going to be a lot easier to, you know, isolate working on longboard skills. Right? You, it, it's tough to work on a specific piece of technique if, if the, the conditions aren't right for it. Um, or, you know, riding a, a high-performance shortboard, like a tri-fin shortboard is such a good tool for a certain job, but in, in certain conditions, it's absolutely not going to be appropriate. So by riding that, that right board for the right condition, you can really distill that specific skill that you want to work on. Um, and equally, you know, although I just lumped everything on one side, on the totally opposite side, it's kind of equally fulfilling to try to, you know, make things happen when the conditions don't necessarily totally align. You know, riding, for example, a, a, a small fish uh, in, in, in bigger surf, you know, the board was maybe not necessarily, you know, the board design may have been created to generate more speed and now it has an abundance of speed and kind of how you whittle that down and, and you know, make lemonade out of the situation is, is, is equally fun. So um, I hope I didn't go too far on the, the poles of each discussion, but it, it's once again just goes down to what you get out of your surfing, you know. If you're always riding one board for the, the conditions and always trying to make that work, I mean, I'm sure that's really, really enjoyable, but it, it, it might get a little boring after a while and you might find limitations. And then the same thing, if you're always changing boards for conditions, uh, you might not fully experience, you know, how to push yourself with the different equipment. What would you then say, let's say somebody does only have access to one surfboard. And I bring this up because I've limited myself to the availability of only one surfboard for months now. Yeah. It's been uh, the Ubuntu that I've been working on, and there's going to be plenty of that to come. <laughs> plenty. We can dive deep on that one. Yes, we can. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that and the project. Um, but let's say someone is only having access or choosing to ride one surfboard. What? So now the conditions are essentially out of the question. Now it's technique only. The, mm -hmm. the waves will change. The board doesn't change. And your technique can then only improve or re yeah. <laughs> regress, I guess is the word. Um, when you look at surf coaching and people's ability, could you pick out a few common mistakes that you think people stuck on one board might be able to fix quickly or start to work on as a base for surfing? Now that that's a loaded question, really. But what comes to mind when I'm like pushing us down? Waves are changing, board hasn't changed, person hasn't changed, techniques growing. How do we grow it best? Looking at the faults they're probably making. So, and pardon me if I'm not answering this question perfectly directly, but uh, if you are specifically limiting yourself, limiting yourself to to one board, I think there's still, you know there's equal opportunity or maybe even more to improve. Um, I would personally go about framing your progression in sort of two states of mind. I would think of it as a, a, a practice phase and then more of a performance phase if you're just isolating that one variable. And by that, I mean, you know, sometimes you do need to work on specific bits of technique. Like if you're not compressing your body in a certain way, and we can get super deep in uh, at what that way might be. But if you're not, you know, leveraging your compression uh, as best you can, you're, you're not going to be able to achieve everything else. It's going to be your limiting factor. However, if you're only framing your surfing as, you know, practicing one skill, one skill, one skill, you're going to miss the, the aggregate picture, the totality of it. So, 
you know, it's a symbiotic process. Both are really important. It's, it's important to have your time where you're working on that skill. And it's equally important to have your time where you're working on the, the full dance of surfing, you know, putting together those maneuvers. So, you know, whether you are choosing a board for the wave or, or just surfing one, I, I, I still think that that is a, a really good way to approach uh, your, your relationship with surfing. Hmm. That was that was well said and and made sense to me. And the first thing that I'm thinking of now, having heard you say that, going back to what you already said, was choosing the right board for the right um, condition. Now I think even more so choosing the right um, dance. You said, yeah, choosing the right way to approach what to be working on mm -hmm. no matter which board you have so if you've limited to one board that option's out now so i think looking standing on a beach or a reef about to paddle out understanding which kinds of surfing i'm supposed to be doing that day yeah uh, i mean well now there's a ton of different variables that we're dancing with there's one changing the board for the the day well we took that out and then we're talking about working on your specific technique things that are limiting you and now you can also look at it from, you know, what are the waves doing? You know, if it's a specific style of wave, it might be more appropriate to, for you to work on that specific aspect of your surfing. I think that's, I think that needs to be discussed uh, way more. And I, I don't know, I've heard this conversation in surfing mm -hmm. and ho hopefully it's being, it's out there happening all the time, but what am I supposed to be doing on the waves we're riding today? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, that's where surfing gets so complicated because it's it's hard enough to begin with and I'm so deep in the details of boards and shaping and, and the details are, are endless and I'm consumed by them but it still actually matters less than one's approach to surfing in general and how to unpack a wave ride from start to finish. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I feel like these conversations and I love this platform of, of clawing for words awkwardly so bear with us tune in or out it doesn't matter but like trying to explain something that's it's essentially just a hairball yeah <laughs> but it matters yeah and I, I think that's you know whether you bringing in that third party whether it's a you know just your surf buddy that you're talking to or actually working with a surf coach that really helps you make sense of the the nonsense in your own head as well uh you know you, you can talk about the conditions and and what it might be appropriate for or you can talk about you know, the surfboards or, 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 you know, what a different board design might allow you to do out there. You know, it's, there's, there's a lot of chaos going on in the head and, and having that third party outlet uh, hmm. is a great way to tease it out. Do you like surfing with other people or do you prefer to surf alone? Uh, probably a bit of both. Okay. You know, there's times when I love surfing by myself and you, know, you can really get in your own head and, and, and enjoy that aspect. And, you know, there's nothing better than, than getting a couple waves with your friend as well. So I, th I think it's kind of a time and a place sort of thing. Sure. Yeah, how appropriate. So to then answer that further would be, I've found that I've mid-session sometimes have to talk my way back into rhythm or back into which parts of technique to work. Like I'm in my head so much maybe to a fault. But yeah, how do you process the dialogue in your own mind of, I know how much you know about technique and training others. How do you have that conversation within your own mind, whether you're in a crowd or on your own? 
Ooh, another very good question. Um, well, I'm a bit type A, so I, I, I like a little bit of, of adding that element of structure to my surf. And I'll, I'll usually say, for example, for the first 20 minutes of a surf session, I'll, I'll think about technique. So I'll just, you know, put the time on my watch where if I have that specific thing I'm working on, whether it's, you know, my hand placement in the bottom turn or, you know, how I'm angling myself back up to the lip, I'll, I'll have that be my singular focus at the beginning of the session because I want to get the repetitions in, right? I just want to try a maneuver 15 times, but I don't want it to get stale. So once that allocated time is up, then I just switch into where I'm just trying to, to surf the wave as, as best as I can in, in kind of the, the whole picture or try to have as, as little on my mind as possible. But I really do think that, that both elements are important to be practicing specific things and then just letting yourself you know, experience the wave as, as best you can. Yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful. I love the intention that you set for yourself, um, you know, keeping record of time to both have fun and work on things. I, I think that's wonderful. Do you, do you beat yourself up if you're not getting it right? Or how do you let go or reset is maybe the, the better, better way to phrase it? You know, I wish I could say that I never got frustrated and that I was always, you know, at the end of the day, we are playing in the ocean on floaty toys. You know, so it's nothing to take too serious. But, you know, everybody does sometimes go out and they, they want to achieve something specific and, and they might fall short. And uh, I mean, I think I try to reset in the same way that I try to reset in anything in my life. And, and hopefully, you know, one's helping the other that you can kind of just you can always start again. You know, you, you, when you don't perform your best in, in one situation, you know, that, that shouldn't affect your next step. You should, you should be able to, to cut one off and, and, and start again. So, you know, it, it's a lot easier to say than to actually do, but that's, that's definitely always the, that's definitely always the goal. I, uh, I'm really trying to listen to what you're saying and, and not jump ahead with the next question because to be 100% honest I have nothing planned because I know these conversations are going to be heard more organically just like we have had them so many times but so me stumbling over these uh, forgive me for that but I feel like that there's honesty in that so there were two things that came to mind I'll ask them both now and I'm already starting to forget them you see but do you do you always surf at 100%? Do you understand the question? Uh, I don't know if I need to phrase it differently. Yeah. Are you always surfing at your fullest, fastest, best potential with most accurate technique any time you take off on a wave or no? Well, it's another good question. Um, I mean, I like to think that I'm always, you know, there, there might be different goals to, that 100% might fall into different categories. Sometimes it might be 100% focus on that specific thing like we talked earlier. Sometimes it might be 100% on just trying to surf, but I hardly ever go out and just, even when I go out and, and, and turn my mind off, I feel like I've put so much emotion in this activity of surfing that I'm always finding a hundred percent of something, mm. you know? And, yeah, it's nuanced, isn't it? And I might be just clawing for the right words to say it, but it, it's, I'm always hoping to achieve hundred percent of something, whether it's a hundred percent of hitting the reset button on the day or a hundred percent of you know, how much focus can I bring to this certain aspect? There's always, 
you know, a pie that's, that's being sliced up. I'm never, I don't think I'm ever looking for a third of it. Sure. And, and that's, that makes total sense. I, what brought this thought to mind was I was chatting with a, yeah, top five in the world. I'll put it that way without mentioning a name uh, quite some years ago. And um, we were talking about the warm up surf before day of competition, like just going down to the beach, um, <laughs> having a surf before you're going to know you're going to have heats later. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was, yep, it was five or six waves and just surfing at 60%, just getting into the groove, just not pushing turns, but with such an able technique and ability mm. that surfing still looks pretty incredible mm -hmm. but like imagine not doing crazy airs just finishing clean turns instead of drifting the fins on every one like surfing six out of ten <laughs> so that was interesting because i'm like well i'd love to surf at, at your six, six out of 10. so so once again there's a personal scale but it i maybe brought this question to mind out of watching how well and able you are at surfing that you could go out there and cruise and be it that would still be fun do you just cruise some days which would to you i'm sure still be fun or is it always how far can i push this yeah so <laughs> it's a, rare, it's to, a weird question but it's just a personal to, observation to push back a little bit on the beginning of that question um if that individual was out there and you know, maybe in if you took it as a whole, it might be a six out of ten of his top performance level. But I guarantee that he had a hundred percent focus on those little nuances. Like maybe he wasn't drifting the fins out the back on every turn quite as hard as he could. Maybe he was saving himself physically for the next day. But I imagine that he did have a hundred percent focus on that small nuance of the warm up. Like if he was, you know, even if it is cruising, he's still thinking about, you know where is he putting his hand or even if it's not cognizant he's he's still has a hundred percent focus on 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 some part of the big picture and um, you're saying you do that sometimes too oh absolutely um i mean it's not like trying to to go back and answer your question no it's not definitely not trying to surf a hundred percent all the time but i i definitely do have a hundred percent of my focus on something each time sure i i i only spend so much time on this because i once again just surfing is such a difficult thing and especially like surfing beach breaks or potentially sectioning and closing out waves it's like long rides always on on often so you just you're doing the best you can to milk as much out of mm. it as you can so you don't have to spend as much time in the water and you walk away with better memories it's 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 pressing it's obvious it's there's a preciousness to it and yeah i guess cultivating this relationship with surfing and the sea and what we get out of it is it's it's interesting to think about approaching something at a lower level with a focus on one part of it. Yeah. And you do that in everything else. And it, it, it brings me to the next question that I'm now remembering, but don't you find that the way you surf is the way you do everything else? You mentioned your type A um, personality that were your words. Um, <laughs> I find when I work and when I, beat myself up or I'm frustrated or creatively stuck or um, all my routines and the way I operate. <laughs> it's all the same stuff. How much of yourself do you feel is within your surfing versus is it, um, do you become someone else? And obviously the answer is no, but 
do you find your surfing and your relationship with it morphing and changing as you do yourself day in and day out? That's a good question. That's a it, deep question. Well, it's um, a difficult question and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'll add to it saying I don't ever feel like I'm too sad to depressed to want to go surfing knowing that it will always give me back something that I could never have replaced with something else just yeah. at this level after these many years. But like the benefit of surfing is always high and, and precious and rewarding. But sometimes knowing if I don't surf one day, I'll be more excited for it the next. And not that I'm ever not excited, mm. but my my highs and lows of surfing are day in and day out. They're not like drastically like i don't ever not want to surf but i'll self-sabotage a day of i won't surf today because i know i'm going to look forward to you'll be abstemious one day so that the next day (laughs) yeah and that you get twice the the hit of surfing i'll i'll give up lunch if i know dinner's gonna taste better because i'm more (laughs) exactly like that's but like that's (laughs) self-sabotaging you know it, it is a it is interesting right because you know, there's there's six ways to Sunday for you to have fun. Like I'm I'm sure there's other there's people that, you know, get their kicks jumping out of an airplane or or you know, you know even going on a jog in the morning. There's people that have relationships with activity, but I don't know those relationships. You know, my my, like you were saying, where you find so much enjoyment. That thing has always been surfing for me. So that's sort of where I've I've put a lot of my time and and I do agree with you that. You know, sometimes I'll I'll skip lunch to, to to be extra hungry for dinner. But yeah, it's kind of the constant that's there day in and day out. I mean, maybe we're so connected, and it's like I think your words are right. We've surfing has been such a big part of your life that you're not sure how to interchange it with something else. But I do also think that like cross training, and this we can spend episodes on, and we will down the line down the line. But I felt like the way I do something is kind of the way I do all things. So trying to learn something new has been really beneficial to understand how I'm breathing, how I'm thinking, how I'm processing, mm. learning a skill as I'm trying to learn new skills within my surfing. So um, if you have any words on that, that's fun. But um, yeah, we can wrap this up in a minute and go surf. So any thoughts on that or any last thoughts yeah, I mean, there's so much to to explore, especially in that last topic. Um, I mean, I like how you were saying that you you when you're deconstructing stuff, it's it's kind of nice to, you know, it's almost like relearning. Um, when I first started getting into to coaching surfing and, and technique, especially lower level surfing, uh, having it been something that I'd done my whole life, um, I found it really useful to to do everything switch because I didn't, you know, I don't surf switch dance. You know, it's, it's like trying to write with your, your opposite hand. So, um, especially when, when working on nuanced skills, like where to shift the weight, it's, if you've been doing it for long enough, it's, it's, it's extremely difficult to, to, to teach. Like um, imagine trying to teach someone how to walk, like telling them how to not just, okay, put one foot in front of the other, but actually say, okay, now you're going to lift up your left foot. Now you're going to shift your weight forward by doing this. Like that, that's a lot of what surfing's like. So, you know, switching it and doing it opposite, you could kind of refine all those little bits of enjoyment and, and remember how much nuance does come into, to, to being where you are now. It's true. It's, it's littered with nuance. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. Um, well, to put you on the spot and to 
hold myself accountable to being committed to learn because I really am. But when you, <laughs> this is such a selfish question, but I, I really don't care. When you look at my surfing and knowing the waves we're riding and the boards we're working on, what's the first thing you know I need to work on? Because I'm working on about five right now at any given time. But when you, just as an overview, because I want to, I want to try and explain if I learned which words you spoke that helped me the best with yeah. this. Because you've given many and I'm looking forward to more. But sometimes the same information expressed different ways and maybe five different ways will resonate with somebody mm -hmm. in a certain way. And I don't think you can explain and go over these things too much because it'll hit yeah. people at, in their own place. At different so where am I wrong and how can I go better? And... Um, so this is a great question. I feel like I can be more pointed on this one. Um, <laughs> so the what I found is is the best way to to look at it when when there's so many variables and you're trying to tease out the correct one. Um, every wave is different, right? And it's every wave is gonna gonna hit you with a new set of circumstances, and you might react differently to to each scenario. And you might at any time have you know. 10 things wrong with your surfing. And I know that I at any time have like a hundred things wrong with my surfing, but in the path of progression, it's really important, important to, to isolate the biggest one, right? The one thing that if you took that away, the rest of the tide would rise. So to do that, it's important to see thematic mistakes rather than one-offs. So you really want to get a, a, a big body of knowledge. So I tell someone, you know, if, if you're really looking to, improved technique, it's not even something that can be diagnosed over one surf. It needs to be like to get your sample size large enough in surfing, it has to be over like three to five surfs, maybe even more. Um, and the only reason I would be comfortable even starting to talk on this question is because we have surfed together a bunch. Most of the time when someone asks for one-off tips, I would just say, look, the sample size isn't large enough. I might tell you the wrong, wrong thing. Um, that being said, like watching your surfing a lot, um, you obviously have, you know, strong instincts. You've spent a bunch of time in the water. Uh, how you're leveraging your weight into the surfboard rather than standing tall but compressing to extending at the, the bottom of the wave, uh, I think you could generate a bit more speed from doing that. Um, and that is probably the biggest mistake that surfers of a, a high level make is is just how they're using their body and their weight as efficiently as possible to, to generate lift and, and thrust from the surfboard. So um, at this point, I'd always like to reflect it to, to a video example of, uh, of the person actually doing it. But uh, I would say that that would be if you if you took everything away, how your body is, is compressing and extending into the surfboard would be the one thing that if you change that, the level of everything else would raise. So that resonates with other people's comments my own self-reflection and and constant yeah. <laughs> constant growth so thank you um for me i feel like like remembering one they call them trigger words i guess some coaches say oh, absolutely so do you have a word that i could use or should i make my own what have you found best because people are listening and i know everyone should be compressing more because across the board it seems like yeah. the most grave uh, so uh, that that actually ties really well into what you said earlier where different things resonate with different people and for one specific technique nuance 
there might be three or four different ways that different people would think of it. You know, sometimes, because there really are, there's so, much, there's so much going on when you're surfing. You can basically only be thinking of one thing, right? You, you can't be working on four or five things at the same time, or you're essentially working on nothing because you're not really dedicating enough to one. So to do that, uh, to work on your compression for one surfer, it might be, okay, at the bottom of the wave, make sure that you're, you're, you're touching the water. And for someone with good mobility in their knees and their hips, that'll be a really good trigger because they're going to be able to compress down low. But for someone else, they might hinge at the hips to do that. So it might not apply for them. Um, another uh, way to handle it might be, okay, when you're in this certain situation, you want to think of it like you have a rubber band around your knees. And if you have that rubber band around your knees, it's going to pull your knees together. and It's going to naturally shrink you down into the surfboard without bringing any weight over one rail or the other or creating an inefficiency so that that might be uh, a useful way to to handle it um for you i don't know we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to get at it and look at it and, and try one thing and and you know see what works see what doesn't and and that really i think is the fun part is is finding that specific tool for this specific job but thank you asha and yeah I hope this vulnerability and my flaws are are being exposed only to for when I want to surf better, but to help others. But yeah, to encourage people to figure out your faults and you know get involved with high level training and coaching if that's your passion or something you able or want to do. But more than anything, I just this conversation and this fascination came from loving surfing so much. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, maybe spending too much time years ago on trying to find the right equipment, not to answer the problem, but I just I love how things are built and like my yeah. fascination is making and building stuff. So getting lost into this part of surfing, the boards, has been great, but I still always think that technique is the most important because then you can ride anything. Yeah. And and that it almost the boards mean nothing really yeah so it, it's funny it's actually going counter uh, it's counterintuitive into what you think i might be trying to work on but they they go together and so coming back to this like being vulnerable trying to learn so that these conversations these boards these relationships help everyone like the rising tide floats all boats yeah. it's, it's just such a great way to sum it up so we will go surfing which i'm looking forward to and there's there's not great waves today, but it's perfect to. I really enjoy those challenging conditions because that's what I'm going to be training and surfing and enjoying mm. most. So I'm gonna leave it with um, these things make sense, and I'm looking forward to the way you continue to quote unquote coach or find words to help, which I'll then share. And you know, I think next time um, we have conversations on the mic. We can go deep into any one of those topics and I have a few in mind, but I feel like the the fascination for why this matters and which parts to highlight so that the whole thing comes alive is really what I'm after. Like to to uncover certain little things from the effects of the channel bottom to why the colours on a certain board that we've worked on made a difference and why it all matters. Yeah. So that the depth in which everything you're working on or avoiding or embracing or totally reinventing, uncovering the depth so that it translates into the rest of life because it seems like it's all the same stuff. Does that Absolutely. Make sense? Yeah. Well, I look forward to that. Thanks, Asha. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.